Broadcasting from another dimension, deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest, sending you secrets from the future directly into your motherfucking mind. <laughs> That's right, motherfuckers. Y'all know what time it is. It's time to fuck your mother because it's episode 24 of the Goshen from Friends podcast. Cast, 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 cast. Special Valentine's Day edition for all you lovers out there on the Patreon page. Getting that sweet, dripping, juicy, early access to the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Big shout outs to all the Patreon subscribers to this pod, pod, pod. Check the bod, pod, pod. Know what I'm saying? Sometimes I get into singing so much on the podcast in the beginning that I have to start over. So I'm not going to do that. But let me tell you, um, today's episode is very dope. I got the Adventure Time homie. Andy Ristino, am I saying that right? I'm going to have to go double check it now. Fuck, I forgot already. I always call him Andy Ristiano. If you've heard me talk about him before, I'm pretty sure he said his name was Andy Ristino. Either way, he is my friend. I don't need to know his goddamn last name to know that he is my friend. And uh, we worked on Adventure Time together. Um, we knew each other from back in the day doing some comics. He was doing uh, The Babysitter and Life of a Fetus um, on Slate labor graphics and uh, we get into a real fun conversation just about a whole bunch of shit so uh we'll get to that right after we big up all the patreon supporters you know what i'm saying if you love this podcast think about going over to patreon.com slash ghost shrimp and showing the pod some love um we got the one dollar uh patrons on there getting that early access big shout out to y'all you know what i'm saying um and uh and and we got of course the two dollar reward beef stew shout outs and let me tell you could not be more excited about this uh, we have to scroll down the page now because of how many Beef Stew shout-out subscribers we have on this Patreon page. So this is very exciting. I think that we are on pace to hit the goal of 100 patrons by the end of this year and uh, allowing us to unlock some new fun uh, stuff on the podcast, some extras, some Patreon exclusives. So go check that out. And in the meantime, let's get these shout outs rolling. We're starting it right off the top, going above and beyond at $5 per podcast. We got Sarah Ball coming out of the 12 week online workshop. Beef stew shout outs. You know what I'm saying? And these can be vegan or non vegan beef stew shout outs. You know how we roll. Um, of course, we've got another $5 per podcast contributor going above and beyond. Yvonne Santiago. Big Beef Stew shout out. Um, $3 per pod. We got a big old Beef Stew shout out going to Zeta. Z -z 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 Zeta. 
you know we appreciate it. You know I appreciate the contributions, keeping it rolling. Oh, look who's here. None other than today's special guest uh, joining at the $2 level this week, Andy Ristino. Big Beef Stew, shout out to you, my friend. Um, we got a big shout out going to Lermy coming straight out the Ghost Scouts representing on here. Very strong. Uh, might be a counselor at camp this year. Uh, who knows about the, the, uh, the, uh, applications up on the website for Ghost Scout training camp year seven. Do not sleep on it. Got two already. Uh, people are getting them in, so do not be late, do not be last. Uh, the early application sometimes gets to eat a grub, right? That's the saying that we have. All right, we got a big shout out going out to Shambe Wright. We got some juicy names up in here. How about a big shout out going over to Burlington, Vermont, and my man Otto Heaney Art. Much appreciated. Uh, big Beef Stew shout out going on Michael Garcia. Extra beef in his ball this week. Uh, coming straight out of New Zealand, we got the Ghost Scout Sports Magic, a.k.a. Daniel Foothead. Much appreciated, my friend. Ooh, from the from the great Canadian North, uh, right out of the 12-week online group workshop, we've got my man Alexi Giroux. Shout out. Uh, we got the we got the fellow Adventure Time homie Jesse Moynihan stepping up and getting his rep up on this Patreon roster, and of course the reigning, defending, Ghost Scout Training Camp Camp Champion John Mansfield, aka Beard Lips, representing super hard. Uh, we've got the director of the Little Prince and. Kung Fu Panda, Mark Osborne. This red carpet list of supporters of this podcast is outrageous. Uh, uh-oh, what's this? I hear my man Bark the Dog out there. B-A-R-C taking over with the animations now. Are you kidding me? If you don't know, you better ask some internet. Okay, we got a big shout out going to Arguably Art. Big shout outs. Um, going across the ocean uh, to Denmark. Coming in, my man Tri Man Hunt. Big Beef Stew shout outs. And last but not least, Jesse Big chunks of potatoes, carrots, and beef to everyone on the Beef Stew shout out list. Vegan, non vegan, everybody's invited to the table. You know, so uh, let's see. How long is it getting now? That is whew, seven and going on eight minutes here. It won't be too long before we have to move the uh, the the shout outs to the back of this podcast. And that's very exciting. Let me tell you. Um, but uh, without further ado, let's jump right into this podcast. 
All right, here we are once again with yet another fabulous creative guest who I am friends with. Today's guest is none other than Andy Ristiano. It's actually Ristino. Ristino. Andy, my good friend, Annie Ristino. I do not know his name. I get that a lot. I've been called Ristonio. Yeah. Uh, plenty of other things. So sorry to correct you. That's funny. No, that's good, man. That's good. It's good to get it correct. It's gonna. I'm. It's gonna take me forever to uh, undo that now because you're one of the people that I also talk about quite a lot. I mentioned you, and, you and Tommy and Jesse and Akko and stuff in in, in reference to uh, hanging out in the studio and all that. So every yeah. every time uh, now I've been. You mean and. Tom Herprite. Look like a fool, yeah. And Jesse Moyoyna. Echo Castaway. That's right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, you know, a uh, little, little tired, just kind of getting up. but. Uh... Yep, I surprise everybody on the <laughs> West Coast with these early morning podcasts from the East. Yeah, I know. I, early morning, though, it's not, it's like almost 1030. Usually I'm up super early i'm usually i get up early like around i usually wake up around between 5 30 and 6 30 yeah no yeah. matter where i am yeah yeah and uh you didn't get it infected with that uh that laid-back californian uh no. sleeping in lifestyle no i mean there are times when i'm beat tired and i do sleep in every once in a while but uh usually yeah, I just kind of wake up. I don't use alarm clocks at all uh -huh. unless I have to catch up flight. So, yeah. Uh, usually I just get up when I get up. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty automatic at waking up. I mean, the kids bring in a whole, you know, they're right. your, they become your alarm clocks once you've right. got them. And, uh, and baby Junie's still up in the in our room, so she usually wakes up around like 5, 5.30. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I got an alarm set for 6, but, yeah, I don't think I ever really need it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So you're out yep. in uh, Pasadena, California. That I am. That I am. Mellow Pasadena. The best thing about Pasadena is, or there's three things I like about Pasadena. It's not L.A. County. It doesn't feel like L.A. Mm -hmm. uh, JPL is here, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then there's lots of cool, like, thrift and bookstores here, too. So. Oh, that's cool. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's totally walkable. Uh, you know, the cuisine could be a little better, but uh, it's pretty – it's a lot of chain restaurants and stuff like that. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It just kind of – it feels mellower. I was living in Echo Park for a while, and uh, that was cool. But, I, you know, I, I was living in uh, the Mission in San Francisco a lot, and I just kind of – at some point, you just get sick of seeing, like, puke and uh, – smelling urine everywhere and hearing, <laughs> hearing gunshots there I, I echo park i saw somebody firing a gun once and really? then i've heard gunshots before yeah and then there's constantly like helicopters yeah the helicopters and, uh, are omnipresent yeah. everywhere yeah. in southern california that's something yeah. that i was like right away that's... like wow there's so many fucking helicopters here like you like I'm, yeah. before that i you know growing up on the east coast and in rural new england most of my life like if you saw a helicopter, you're like, holy shit. Like, you know, it's like yeah. you may see a couple helicopters in your life. There you probably see a couple in a day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, or in a few hours, maybe. Like, it's funny. And that's, I think that's mainly an LA thing because I lived in San Francisco and that didn't, I never saw helicopters up there. Yeah. But, yeah. He, but here it's like, 
you walk around, you're like, oh, I get why all these like, uh, you know, like post-apocalyptic uh, feature movies, sci-fi movies always have like helicopters flying around in them. Yeah. It's like this weird, like military presence, even though a lot of the helicopters are probably like news copters. And stuff <laughs> yeah. Like I that. think they're definitely all like, they're all like OJ choppers. They're looking for yeah. those car chases and whatever's going <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> So what was the what was the story about you seeing someone firing off a gun in Echo Park? Oh, that sounds shit. juicy. So we were we were walking. Yeah, uh, do you know Aleph? Uh, he know. he was on Adventure Time. He was a revisionist on Adventure Time, and then he went over to Steven Universe. Okay. Uh, Aleph Romanillis and his mm. girlfriend Mary Nash uh, and I were all we were walking to a restaurant down on on uh, Sunset, just like a block away from where we all live. And uh, or I lived at the time, and we see somebody run into somebody's yard, jump over a fence, and then another guy runs after him and holds out a gun and starts shooting, and oh it's my. like a block away. And we just kind of turned around, like uh, as a group, we just turned around and started walking like the long way to the restaurant. <laughs> wow, that was the reaction. You're just like, oh, uh, well, guys, yeah. uh, actually, yeah. let's let's take the let's, other way. Let's go the other way. And I suppose we should have called the police. I don't know why. Like in situations like that, I never. It's a. I, I feel like self-preservation takes over more than moral uh, obligation. Right. Right. Uh, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, but that was. I mean, that's a short story, but that was freaky. <laughs> that's pretty intense. Yeah. yeah, and then there's this other. There's this other weird thing. I, I never got to the bottom of this, but somebody was doing like. I think it was like some art installation, uh, but they would draw, they would paint um, outlines of bodies on the streets. Oh, wow. And I don't, I thought it was some weird gang thing. It uh-huh. was all around my neighborhood. Uh-huh. <laughs> like a body, <laughs> I, like it, like it was like the police doing a chalk well, outline it was on different. a body. It was a little, I mean, looking, it, it felt like that, like a chalk outline, but I'm not sure if that was the intention. Yeah. Uh um, but it really freaked me out. Do they even still do that anymore? <laughs> do they do a chalk outline anymore? Or is that just you like know, the... I haven't, I haven't been to a murder scene in a while, so I, I don't know, really know. I know we got to get, yeah. a, I got to make, I got to become friends with a detective, and we can get, right. the, get the scoop, get the uh, yeah. Actually, the uh, the my neighbor who sold uh, his house to Kent Osborne, he's a state trooper. Right. He's a he's a Vermont state trooper, so maybe I can uh, ask him, do you do you have chalk on you for when you encounter a body? Cuz he actually does. He's actually on the dive team. Oh jeez. Um, and uh and uh he had to go uh I don't, he's probably done more stuff than than this since, but I remember right when he started, he had to go get a guy who had gone through the ice on a snowmobile and I cannot fucking imagine oh, wow. a spookier thing to do yeah. than to go into a pitch black lake under the ice and fucking go down there and get a fucking pull a corpse off a snow machine. Oh my god. Right. Holy crap. Oh, you know they're going to just look at you and you, their, their eyes are going to look right into your soul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to have to get some more good stories from him. I don't know if he'd come on the podcast. I bet he's got a lot of oh, wow. juicy stories. Yeah, that would stories. be incredible. <laughs> yeah, he's young. He's he's, a young, he's yeah. younger than us. And uh, and uh, he's uh, he's just been on for a handful of years now, but yeah, probably has all kind of funny 
wacky, yeah, spooky stories. Is he if Kent's moving into his place? Is he sticking around or he's? Yeah, he grew he's, up. He's um, he grew up literally up at the top of the hill, and he's just uh-huh. moving back. He's got. He they just had three kids, so they basically out, uh-huh. outgrew, uh, or they just had their third uh, kid. Yeah, they're about the same age as our kids, so they play together yeah. and stuff. And nice. they're just he's just moving back up to his dad's house up at the top of the hill because they own like a hundred acres, and his dad's gonna build a new house uh, for him to live in, and then they're gonna live in like uh, that. That my my buddy is gonna live in the house that uh, he grew up in. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I love this, like, oh, we're just going to go build a house. You know, <laughs> I know, it's that's the, awesome. That's the lifestyle that's, in Vermont, man. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it should be. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, yeah. No, you turn back uh, the clock I w- a bit. I, I wish I had those skills. Yeah, I wish I had those skills, too. I'm slowly accumulating them. <laughs> yeah. You, you just get neighbors' help, or, like, what no, do you I do? Just, you like... get the ghost scouts? Yeah, I just, I just, no, it's just me <laughs> building it, but it's just like me messing up and then me trying again and then slowly getting it. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I've definitely had a little help here and there. Um, but, uh, yeah, mostly it's just trial and error on my part. And I realized like how bad I am at like reading a book and trying to do something. Right. Now I've started to watch more YouTube videos about like, how to install insulation right or how to, you know, right. do this once because you're like, this can't be that hard. This has to, but then there's like some specific tool that'll make it super easy for you. And like, you didn't realize right. that. So now I'll like do a little bit more research before just jumping into it before I was like, building's easy. I can do it. And like, you kind of can, but then like when you're actually trying to build like a, like a, like a kind of a larger functioning house for a family, it's uh, right. a little more to it. <laughs> right. Yeah. When you need to, to, to build something that you don't have to like suffer living in. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's you, great though. Are you are you building like an Earthship? No, not building an Earthship. No, building pretty like standardish, you know, building style, just boards and you know, uh, you know, just insulation and yeah, just wooden boards, pretty much, you know, metal roof. Nice. Um, yeah, pretty straightforward. Pretty pretty simple so far. And uh, yeah, you know, it's 500 square feet right now. It'll probably end up being about 1,300 square feet. So, you know, who knows how long it'll take to finish it all. But then my, you know, then then I'll once I finish this one, I'll kind of have probably figured most of the processes out. And then uh, then I'm gonna you know continue building cool little funky cabins throughout the property yeah. and all kinds of stuff like that. Like I'm probably just give this house to my kids if they want it, and maybe build another little like cool uh, Lord of the Rings cottage for me and Athena nice. or something. You know, nice. <laughs> so lots of you know like again you have land. There's lots of possibilities. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the whole lifestyle was a big part of the idea of, you know, getting out and buying land and and doing it and, you know, setting up a whole homestead. Like, I definitely want to have some meat animals gobbling around the yard and, you know, have a greenhouse and all that stuff. And uh, so, you know, it's uh, it's a bit definitely a big picture, uh, like um, uh, like a lifetime project type of undertaking. Yeah, that's good, though, man. I love that kind of stuff are you yeah. are you doing like solar and stuff like that yep. yeah yeah we, we're Rad. all we're all set up for solar um i have all of it um you know just ready just waiting to get to the stage where i can connect it all up and stuff like that so in my first little cabin in new hampshire it was all solar powered um and so i had set up like a little system of that and uh so yeah just jump into a bigger system here right now we're just plugged into the neighbor's barn um, they let us, uh, you know, piggyback off of them. And, uh-huh. uh, but we use such little, we use like, 
you know, like $5 of electricity a month or something because right. we're set up to be off the grid. So everything's really efficient. We have a propane fridge and a propane right. stove and, you know, so everything's, it's, it's really streamlined. So it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, man. So, uh, so we saw each other not too long ago at the yeah. Adventure Time rap party in LA. No, not so out yeah. of control rap party. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what did you think of that? Uh, I mean, it was, it was extravagant. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I've been laying low and keeping to myself mostly lately. So it was a bit of a, it was, for me, it was very loud and, <laughs> and very like just intense, just seeing everyone yeah. again that I hadn't seen in a while. And, yeah. uh, yeah, so it was, it was loud enough that it was tough to talk to people. And then like, I was kind of like, for the whole thing, I was kind of in a daze because it was like so many people and trying to remember everyone's names and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally, totally. I don't know. I mean, which is bad. I mean, you haven't seen these people in probably a few years, but, you know, like I was working with them all like a year ago. Yeah. You know, I, but I guess the entire Cartoon Network was there too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just about. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was it was wild. I was I was super yeah. jet lagged and all that stuff, so it was like a blur to me. But I'm so glad that I ended up going yeah. out there. It was kind of a last minute decision, and I and I decided to do it. And uh, yeah, it was just so much fun to just be a part of it and see everybody. And uh, it's definitely a magical night. Yeah, yeah, man, you were there from the beginning, and uh, you got there at the end too. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's yeah. Rad. No, I know. Well, yeah, almost, he worked almost the beginning. Almost the beginning. There, there have been a, there have been a few. You mean the, the beginning of the series or the beginning of the, of the series? Pilot? Yeah, yeah, not the yeah. pilot. Yeah, yeah. Um, almost there had been. It had been going a little bit, and it had been like they had been trying to find people to design the show. Like I think Nick Jennings was originally going to design the world for the show because he had done some concept stuff, and then they decided that that wasn't the aesthetic that they wanted. And then I feel like they had tried. They had they. Had, seen if some other people could fit and then or maybe not maybe it was just nick but um but yeah i remember when uh you know after i got fired from flapjack they were like dude <laughs> you gotta do this and i was like oh my god this is fucking yeah. perfect <laughs> it was like the yeah, happiest so, day of my life <laughs> so up your alley yeah no you know, it was like, really like, what i was like, interested what? in in the first place just draw crazy like nature scenes yeah you know in tree houses and but like you're always burying like police cars and I don't know, you're always adding a lot of like weird backstory to every background. Yeah, yeah. I always thought of it as the story beyond the story. Like there's a story right. there's a story going on in the episode in the show and I would play to that to a certain extent, but I liked to go and and add a story that a lot of times I didn't even understand beyond that, but just right. like assembling some like just funny elements like like something yeah. you wouldn't expect to find. I'd be like, what would you never expect to find here? And put that in there and just go through different things in my mind and, and test out different things on the paper until I got some kind of just spontaneous, you know, fusion going on where I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And and then uh, right. boom, you know, but yeah, that, that was what was so fun about 
working on Adventure Time for me is that they really would just let me do, you know, I mean, whatever. Like, they're just like, do your thing. And it was like, boom. Yeah, and I just got so much freedom to experiment and, and do my thing. And, you know, once I once I got up to, like, literal speed and, and was able to keep some kind of pace of producing that much work, um, you know, that, that definitely was a little nerve-wracking at first for me. But once I got to that point, it was it was just such a fucking perfect fit. Yeah, I mean, they really knew how to, like, to capture, like, be like, oh, this person's good at this. Here, go go off and run. Yeah, yeah. And well, that's what I think was was Penn's genius and, you know, and Nick Jennings, working with Nick Jennings and and Kelly, you know, being the producer, just really allowing people to, yeah, do what they're good at and and, and in the way that's going to serve them best, you know, from letting me work from home most of the time. And, and, you know, Nick Jennings just really kind of holding my hand through the process. You know, I'd never done a background before and and, uh, them just being patient and and totally working to my strengths, you know what I'm saying? Giving me a little lighter load and and giving me ones that had the you know the the really key locations with the most flexibility with the most like free with the most um with the most uh opportunity to just go wild on you know so right. yeah. yeah it was it was so much fun man yeah so did the post-apocalyptic aspect of the show develop out of your drawings or is that people is always that ask me that yeah people always say that and uh i think someone even said that they heard like pen say that it came from one of the one of my drawings or something but i distinctly remember them kind of having that vision like they I, okay. I i'm pretty sure that i'm pretty sure that when i came aboard they were like this is like a world that's gone through a war and then it's all grown back like i remember right. that being part of the concept in there yeah yeah it's so cool that that is in the show you know like i think that aspect of the show allowed the show to get so much darker yeah by the end of it yeah yeah <laughs> you know like it's because it's like the more you explore the the world the more you're like man some some crazy stuff happened here yeah well because it's you not know? just like you, you know we see so many like dystopias and stuff like that yeah. you know but you don't see a lot of like this is like hundreds of years afterwards and everything's grown back and it's actually super dope now you know yeah. i think that was the that was the kind of spin on it and i think that was you know my inclination to you know, uh, take it to a real, you know, happy, fun, exploratory place, uh, you know, it, it just, you know, coming, coming right out of living in the woods and, and building my cabin and, and living up there and, and then getting the opportunity to do that job was like just such a perfect fit and just was like right where my imagination was at. And then like, you know, just growing up in the woods of New England. I mean, I was just drawing my dream world. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. It shows. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean that's you know it's it's so magical. It always boggles my mind that that I was only out there for three and a half years <laughs> and I was able to like just design the world for one of the most iconic shows and like it's like my drawings are like on a McDonald's box and the Monopoly right. board and the Lego boxes and like just as the impact that the opportunity that I was given and and the chance to have the impact that I did in such a short amount of time is like just right. mind blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Now, when you came on the show, uh, like, what, how did you get on the show? And okay. and, and like, what were, were you were, was was it, were you trying to get it into the animation industry at that point? No, well, I had kind of given up. I I went to school for animation. Uh, I went to the Rhode Island School of Design for animation, and uh, uh, originally, 
you know, I, you know, I went to school wanting to have a show of my own and stuff like that or work in animation. And, and then I decided I didn't want to move to LA. So instead uh, I moved to Boston for a few years and then I moved to, uh, cause you grew up I in lived, mass, you grew up in, mass, yeah, I grew right? up in Massachusetts yeah. and I was able to get animation work in Boston right, right out of school. Right. So I lived there for a few years at, I worked at this place called Olive Jar animation. Uh, and then I moved to San Francisco. I, I was either moved to San Francisco or LA and, um, I didn't want to move to LA cause I'm not like a warm climate person. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I kind of was like, Oh, I want to do comics. So I'll move to San Francisco and just get work. And, uh, um, I moved there right before the big, uh, the internet boom bursted. Uh-huh. So I, I moved out there in 99 Okay. and I was out in San Francisco till 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just a freelancer. I was doing really well doing freelance animation like Flash stuff and and uh, illustration and stuff like that. But I, I was working at this company called Leapfrog that does uh, educational games. And they uh, – I heard that they were making Adventure Time uh, into a series, which is like – you know, I had seen the pilot and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the pilot. And uh, – one of the guys at uh, Leapfrog had, had this guy, Mike Mike Matesi, had a connection. Um, I can't remember his name, but uh, he was like, uh, I can't remember the name of the the role, but he was one of the really higher ups on the role, and mm. he he told me that they were making it into a series, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then I saw Tom, who I'd met, I think the same time I had met you at at ape alternative press expo which is a small like comic convention in and what, san francisco would that have been like around 2005 possibly when did we meet there? maybe it was a lot it was a while ago yeah it was probably around 2004 2005 yeah um and i i met both you guys yeah and uh i saw tom on his blog posted that he was working on adventure time right and this is before the show had come out and i emailed tom immediately and i was like hey man i <laughs> are they looking for anyone uh left to apply to the show you know and i kind of like given up like working uh for television animation like i kind of like decided to move beyond like beyond it uh but then adventure time was such a cool concept that i was like oh i gotta work on the show yeah like it was so i wasn't exactly how i was drawing at the time but it was close enough yeah color sensibilities and the like just the the humor and stuff, and and the show progressed a lot, way farther than the pilot was. Yeah. But, but you know, so I applied to be a storyboarder for season two, and I didn't get the job because I, uh, I didn't know how to storyboard. Right. Right. <laughs> and I, but I did the test, and then, uh, you know, like half a year later, Tom contacted me again. And he was like, "Hey, we're looking for a designer," and uh, I took the design test, and I guess knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And yeah. That was like definitely my strong suit is design. Yeah. And then. I kind of like what they were looking for was exactly what I was good at. So, um, yeah, I ended up getting the job and moving down and I moved down on the, uh, I can't remember. I drove down to LA while the series finale of lost was happening. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. I know Phil Rinda was having a, uh, yeah, I was at Phil's party. Yeah. He was having a big glass party. He invited me to it, but I just didn't get, 
get there in time. Right, right. And I, like I didn't get in till like one in the morning. And then I watched. I was crashing on my friend's couch, and I watched the season finale of Lost, and then went to work the next day. Yeah. And I so I was like kind of barely slept. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but uh. Yeah, I remember you were super into Lost. Yeah, super into Lost. Yeah, in retrospect, I think they should have stopped it at the season five finale. I could have lived without, <laughs> right, without right. season six. There's a couple good episodes, but I think if they had ended it like right when they like drop that bomb down the well, and you don't know right. if they like all die or if it all resets, like I thought like that would be like the most genius ending of all time right. of a show. So yeah, go out with a bang. Yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, you know, hey, yeah, can't please everybody. Fun, fun ride. It was a fun show. There was there was so yeah. much fun in it, and uh, and and just the sense of adventure and mystery, and you know, I mean, who knows? You know, I, I think they I think they went overboard trying to answer so much. Right. People want answers, but they actually don't want answers. Like, right. if they wanted answers, then they would like all these dumb shows that give you all the answers. You know, like I mean, yeah. the, the cool thing about Lost was that you didn't know it was that intrigue, and they would pay off certain things, but not other things, and. You know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's funny how you see the vision of the show kind of shift from season to season a little bit. And they like, right. you know, <laughs> I mean, you could get out a whole fucking podcast about that. What happened to Walt? And all that fucking shit, right. you know. Like, But uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was funny. Actually, that makes me think that one of the first podcasts I ever listened to before I even really thought about it being a podcast was um, the big dude from Lost was his name Jorge Garcia or whatever. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He had a podcast with his girlfriend, and they would like talk about Lost while it was on TV on the oh, podcast. Oh wow! Yeah, I was just re- just remembered that. Totally forgot about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, insider scoops. Inside scoops. Yeah. yeah so yeah. So we originally met at uh, the Alternative Press Expo. Um, and is that in San Francisco? Was that right? Yeah, that's in San Francisco. I think it was on a pier at the time. They yep. moved it. Yeah, yeah. Later, but yep. this would have yeah. been yeah, kind of the would have been maybe be the people call the old days now. Back when you didn't have to get into a lottery for convention tables and stuff. Right, you just kind of sign yeah. up and go, and yeah, everybody would kind of be there, and we'd all kind of walk around and schmooze it up. And I met so many yeah. cool people. I I'd actually met Tom Herpick uh, when I was going to Pratt because he was going to SVA and I was going to Pratt. Right. We met up one day for lunch, and uh, but I was reacquainted with him at the convention and some other ones, and then. Uh, uh, and then you know, met you at that ape. I remember that. I remember coming up to your table, and I, yeah, I had been a fan of uh, of uh, what was it called, Babysitter? Yeah, the Babysitter. Yeah, the yeah. Babysitter and Life of a Fetus. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, just like, oh wow, cool, this guy's here. So, and then yeah, we uh, did. A, I, I think we did a, a book trade. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then uh, yeah, we ended up working together. Uh, that was so yeah. cool that you know me, you, and Tommy all ended up working on Adventure Time for several years together. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Weird twist of fate, you know. And then like Jesse has the whole like he was part of Meat House. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot yeah, of, a lot of cool comic connections. Yeah, I know. I mean, people want That's one of the things I tell people all the time is, you know, hey, good way to get on a show is to have a dope comic, a dope web comic. Yeah. That's how I saw a lot of people get hired to uh, to to the studio, you know. Um, yeah. And just kind of go to like get tables at conventions and talk to people. Yeah. Who, who are cool. You know, who you, you like their work. Just be friendly with them. Don't try to smooth them or yep. anything. But like, yep. you know, like just be a cool person and. 
you know, like usually if you're making cool stuff, they'll, they'll be, uh, respectful and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And making friends, making connections, your friendship with Tommy obviously helped you. And then, uh, and then our mutual friend, Derek Hunter, who I met around that same time, uh, he was doing comics with slave labor graphics as well. Um, the, uh, pirate club or whatever pirate club, pirate club, shout out, uh, shout out pirate club. And, uh, he ended up uh, taking my spot on adventure time when I left. So yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I helped him get that job actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Derek's a super cool guy. Uh, yeah, still yeah. hang out with him pretty regularly. That's awesome. What's he up to so, these days? He's on. He's got three kids. Uh, he lives up by CalArts, and he uh, he works on Ducktales. Nice. Okay, that's he's, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's a I remember that background now. background layout artist for Ducktales. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. And he's working on his own comic. He's going to have a comic coming out for Image Comics. Um, I think it's called Gamma Ray. Sweet. Yeah, and it's kind of like a, a superhero comic, but really like kind of like violent, vulgar, and um, cartoony. Nice, good so, combinations. Yeah. Good yeah. combinations. Yeah. So when you uh, when you got on Adventure Time, like what did you? What were your like desires for uh, what you might? encounter and accomplish there and and like and like what what was like what did you what were your expectations and then like what were your desires and then like what you know because i know that you ended up uh having a lot of roles on the show and then uh eventually uh hitting the classic i'm burnt out on uh on on kind of doing this stuff and keeping up the pace. <laughs> yeah i mean i went down there like Super excited to just work on the show and um, uh, just kind of like in awe of everyone I met who was working on the show Mm -hmm. and being like, whoa, like they got so many awesome artists and writers and uh, to work on the show who all had like an interesting, like it was kind of like a collection of, like in a way it was like the best thing about the show and then maybe the worst thing about the show is like they got all these people with like really like intense personalities and intense (laughs) viewpoints and intense uh um drawing styles who are all doing really cool things before they got on the show yeah and they threw them all together and sometimes it gelled really well and then sometimes it didn't Uh uh-huh and uh and yeah so it was just like i was like kind of terrified to be working with all these people because uh i kind of avoided um being a part of you know, a, a scene of any sort uh-huh. up till that point. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of intimidating to try to live up to that. But on design, I started on design. I was so excited to be there that I, I worked my ass off when I first got there doing design. And, uh, eventually I jumped, as you said, I jumped around on the show a lot. Like after about a year, maybe a year and a half, Phil Rinda, who was the lead designer when I started, he left the show and went to, uh, I think he went to Disney to work on Gravity Falls. Yeah. And they had yep. no, they had no lead designer. So I kind of like, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I kind of took over all of Phil's roles and started like running everything. And then I was like, Hey, I'm doing Phil's job. You should give me his job. Yeah. Uh, and then I became lead designer and I did that for a few years. Um, 
and then I just got so burnt out on design because uh, by like season five, kind of design on the show had um, when I, I started on season two, and it was still kind of design was still kind of loose. Yeah. And by season five, it had kind of solidified into this thing that it was. Uh huh. And it's it stopped being as much fun as it used to be. And then just being lead designer, I ended up spending more time, you know, like in meetings and fixing problems and giving notes and right you got you know, to do the and, storyboard breakdowns and that kind of yeah, thing and yeah, allocating yeah. all the responsibility yeah yeah and then not as much time as like when i was designing i was still doing as much design as i was doing before but it was more under the gun and more rushed yeah and yeah. uh um yeah so i got burnt out and uh i tried to i took the for season five, I took the storyboard test for season five because I was like, oh, I want to try storyboarding because I really wanted to learn storyboarding and I, you know, be awesome to storyboard on Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I took the test again and I, I actually got the job this time, but we had to find someone to replace me as lead designer. And that took like somewhere between half a year and a year to find somebody mm-hmm. to replace me. So I was just kind of in weird limbo where i was burnt out on design but running things and trying to train somebody and uh by the time i switched over to storyboards i was so burnt out that it was almost like i almost useless like i I, we get the the board outline and i would just be like kind of struggling to even like concentrate and uh it was (laughs) it was bad news yeah yeah (laughs) man i was just but i did i managed to storyboard for a year and a half and then i finally quit adventure time yeah uh and that was the first time i quit adventure time (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah and uh and then uh, like about a year later i came back or maybe half a year later i came back and did uh i did backgrounds for a season and then i quit again and then came back for the final season and did revisions and a little bit of design for the final season. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so I jumped around a lot. Uh, never got to do color. Or uh, <laughs> You're like, now I'm the props color guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but I did almost every, like, tertiary job on the show. Wow. Which was fun to kind of – and, like, part of me jumping around was I was – because I had moved down to L.A., I was like, oh, I'm in L.A., I should pitch a show. Right, right. So I was pitching shows around – and developing pilots uh, while I was on Adventure Time too, uh-huh. and uh, that might have led to some of the burnout also. Wow! Uh, and so wait, did you sell a pilot to somebody? Um, well, I it got both of the pilots I pitched got to the storyboard stage, uh-huh. and then uh, one got canned by Cartoon Network, and the other one I just I canned it myself because I realized I wasn't enjoying myself at all. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I I'm kind of like was like I gotta rethink what I'm doing with my life uh but the first one was about a uh it's about a interdimensional sasquatch uh-huh. and uh uh yeah that one i tried to make as crazy and weird as possible and yeah i think I, vague, I think i vaguely remember that this was going on <laughs> yeah yeah and i just was trying to fill it with as many like weird visual gags and like uh, I think I made it too strange, yeah, and like and like unemotional, right? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they didn't like it. And then I I pitched the the babysitter uh, as a cartoon, which they were really into, 
but um, I did like seven revisions on the storyboards and then they gave me even more notes at the end of the seventh and I was like, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm wow. just sick of this. Wow. So, That's a uh, lot. Who were you? Yeah. What, what, what producer were you working with? Um, um, I mean, you don't have to shout them out. You don't no, have to put them on no, blast. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying the person I was working directly with was awesome. Yeah. It was more like, you know, like you pitch it to somebody and they give you notes and right. then, and then they have like three, three other people that are also giving notes and, yeah. Well, yeah. and then you, then they're like, oh, and we're going to pitch it to the new person. And then, right. you know, like this, my final pitch was supposed to be the, the, uh, you know, like the pitch I did before I pitched the sorcerer. Right. And I wasn't expecting any notes. Right. You know, or, or anything like maybe a little bit of notes. And then they gave me notes that I felt like I had already addressed. And, uh, I don't know. And I was just so burnt out. I, yeah. I was like, I don't, I, I like wasn't in a good headspace to be a showrunner. Yeah. So it looked like they were excited about it. And um, I was like, if this goes through, I'm going to regret it. Like it was what I like. I had had this slowly building feeling of dread. Yeah. The whole time I was working on it. And I was like, I need to take a break uh, from all of this stuff. And yeah. Kind of like kind of like uh, do like a soul cleanse, you know, and like get all this gnarly stuff out of me and and kind of get back to a place where i'm like i kind of rediscover myself and what i like and stuff like that and then maybe in the future i can go back and dive back into that project again yeah uh but i'm definitely like i i don't regret it at all like canning it i mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm in a way better place now than i was like a year ago and uh you know like i was just kind of you know, it was like I was burnt out and then I just didn't listen to myself. Yeah. And I kept trying to like be like, oh, we just got to get to this next benchmark. You know, yeah, like if yeah. I can just make it to this next place. And it was like fighting with myself the whole time. Yeah. And not like listening to what was going on inside of me, you know. And, yeah. Uh, well, it's funny. It's counterintuitive, right? Because you've made it to the big leagues, right? We're, we're in L.A. Right. We're working for Cartoon yeah. Network. You know, people want you to pitch stuff and the money's great. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're like, we love what you do. You know, come on, let's let's do your own project and stuff like that. But, yeah, so, so you know, sort of everything in our culture has told you, like, this is it. This is what you should be doing. But then it's this thing where that's very actually seldom – uh, and I know I kind of harp on this on the podcast and this is sort of my point of view and you're sort of like reinforcing, you know, what I'm yes. saying. But I think it's an interesting thing because you talk to so many people who, you know, want to have their own show and want to get high up in shows. And, you know, one of the things I say is it's often a lot more fun. Like I had a blast just doing the world for the show. Like I didn't have any other responsibilities. You know, I right. didn't have to go to meetings like I just got to draw and uh, even when I was developing, you know, when I, I did the Mars Safari pilot for Cartoon Network, um, yeah. I said, like, if you guys want to do this, I'm game to do it, but I, I'm not going to run a show. Like, I'll work creatively on the show, but I have no desire to ever run a show because I don't want to be a manager. I want to be a creative right. person, you know. And, right. And, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, just how much the meat grinder of 
the industry can kind of uh, really kind of make you forget what makes you happy about creative work in the first place. You know what I'm saying? And and maybe it doesn't happen to everybody. um, And some people seem more suited to it, but especially coming in as we did with people with, uh, you know, we were basically recruited because we had these strong voices as an artist. But then I feel like if you stay there long enough, you're kind of going to lose that voice or it's going to be kind of amalgamated so much into the machine that like you know uh it's it's it you know is it still what you intentionally wanted it to be and what you actually like about the work and i feel lucky that you know because i had such a plan to get in and out i never intended to stay there and i never desired to really have a career in the animation industry that i was never kind of sucked into that and and uh you know by the time i was leaving you know i could definitely feel that like that i was just like a little less inspired, a little less motivated and all this stuff. Right. And I got out right at that time. And then once I hit back in Vermont and just started to get back into the freelance stuff, I was just a hundred percent right back into it, rejuvenated, you know, and, and just picked up from where I left off. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and I mean, it was just like you said, it's like, you know, sometimes it's actually quitting the best job you ever had is the best move that you can do, which is you know right. something that might not occur to people. No, they don't, they don't make movies about that choice. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I completely agree. You know, like, uh, yeah, cause I, I know like working on pilots and stuff like that, uh, they would keep trying to turn my pilot into what they wanted. Right as opposed to what I wanted to do, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like, and it's, it's like you start compromising and compromising. And, yeah, and it's funny too. Cause like, even like I was working with Curtis, shout out to Curtis Lalash, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm real friendly with Curtis and, uh, you know, we would hang out we, we went to, so we went to Laker game and we'd watch the, you know, he's a giants fan. So we'd watch Pat's giants games and we'd talk shit to each other and all that. So, you know, we have a real friendly relationship and, uh, and, uh, you know, when I was doing the Mars board, we were loving it. We we're on the same page. He was loving all right. the same stuff I did. But there is this mentality that even when everybody likes what's happening, they're like, but we all work for Cartoon Network, so we have right. to make this into a product. And you're like, wait, but what if we just, like, let what we all love just go through and see what happens? You know? Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's a weird it's yeah. a weird thing where it's like everybody's at the party having a good time, but then they're like, but we all need to really tone it down and actually not have fun at this party and act like responsible adults. <laughs> like, you're like, wait a minute, that's all yeah. we're here for, you know? Yeah. But I mean, as far as like executives having like creative feedback and stuff like that, I thought Cartoon Network had the, the executives there were actually, they gave good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like you could see where they're coming from. Yeah. No, I had the uh, greatest experience ever at Cartoon Network. You know, I don't think it yeah. could have, you know, been any better. I mean, short of, you know, going in and getting fired from Flapjack and stuff. But that all, you know, ended up really working out and was just one of those weird paths that destiny takes you on. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Man. Oh, man. I'd like I wanted to ask you about storyboarding and your experiences, because I I would like I. I don't know. I don't know whether it was just social anxiety or anything, but like when I was like pitching a board, like I'd be pitching stuff and then like it would be like landing on what felt like this ominous silence. Yeah. And then like it was just so soul crushingly brutal. Yeah. Well, I definitely know what that's like based on my last pitch that did not go well and precipitated my firing. But, but yeah, (laughs) I mean, I did, I did three freelance boards for them. 
um, yeah. when I was living in New Hampshire and I would like go, I would like fly out there for a week and hang out and kind of board with my partner and then come back and, and finish it up. And then uh, I think I was like flying back to pitch or something like that. I forget. It was a little wacky, but you know, I did that for, uh, for three boards and then I came in and did one board in the um in the studio and then on my fifth board on the thumbnail pitch uh you know i ended up getting fired um but yeah i mean i was like i was just i was when i got offered the job i wanted to do design um right and then therap was like no man you know the the real creative freedom and stuff isn't boarding and you got a board and blah blah and and I was like, well, you know, I'll give it a shot. Um, you know, especially that's why I was like, well, I'll do a freelance board and see how it goes, you know. And uh, the first one was pretty disastrous. Definitely did not know it at all what I was doing. Um, but I was excited to learn it and uh, yeah. and and certainly interested in it. And, and the writing, the dialogue and stuff came really naturally, like surprisingly naturally. Like I just started hearing the voices in my head and and, right. and it was working and the characters were kind of talking to me. So I felt good about that. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and I felt like I was getting better and better. And I felt like the fourth board that I did, which was for an episode called like, well, the fish heads episode, I felt like went pretty well. That was the third Mm -hmm. board that I did. And then the fourth one was Knuckles hilarious problem. And a lot of people actually tell me they really like those episodes. So like, I think I was starting to get it and, and, and Mel to just, you know, I guess just my fit with the crew and everything was, uh, was, was part of the problem as well. Um, but I felt like I was starting to pick it up, but I was feeling like, um, because you're not actually doing like finished work and finished drawings. And that's really what I love so much about the process is like having to finish the drawing and, and all that, um, and, and just solving it and figuring it all out and, and creating the illusion of the world and all that stuff in there. Um, and I think that, I think that, um, that, you know, after a while I started to think like, wow, this is going to be a long slog. You know, like I started to feel that, like I think around that fifth board, I started to get it, but I was like, I was like, wow, this is going to be like a long couple of years doing this storyboard thing. Cause I actually, you know, this is taking up my time. I can't really do much illustration. And, uh, and, and that's really what I love the most. So, um, you know, I think that I was game for it, but I was starting to like, feel like, wow, this is going to be, you know, a, 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 a bit of a task, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with adventure time, I mean, I didn't start to feel that way till, you're going into fourth season. Cause I think just because like my internal timer was so set to go home to, to, to go back to new England and I had already bought the property in Vermont and I was, right. you know, I, we, I met Athena and we decided to have Wolfie and stuff. So we had decided to stay for, for that, uh, for that next season. But I think mentally I was just like, so like thirsty to, to get to Vermont and, and to start homesteading and, you know, to right. had started the family and really starting this whole new chapter that I feel like, you know, just, I had kind of moved on and I really was hungry to get creatively back to my freelance career and doing finished pieces and continue to push my style, evolve my voice as an artist and my concepts and stuff like that, you know, where you don't get to ex- exercise like, quite as much even when even when it's like basically i'm given you know the 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 control of 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 the world of the show you're still working within those parameters week yeah. after week after week and like the pace of it you know i mean even i was i i was only doing maybe 10 to 15 backgrounds a week um and and that's considered kind of 
probably medium to light load uh, for for a show. Um, but, uh, you know, that I mean, that to me was like just a stretch. That's the most I yeah. could fucking possibly do, you know, and I'd have to really work on them all at the same time and and go, OK, these these three or four are going to be really detailed. And these these five are going to be medium. And these ones are simple, you know, uh, more simple shots. So I'm going to kind of, you know, just whip through these at the end. And I had to really re- kind of figuring out my whole my whole working style all over again. And it's definitely great practice, like for technical ability and uh, just getting faster at it and generating like a ton of ideas. I think that was really great for that. Um, but yeah, just as far as like, I don't know, to me, so much of what makes me interested in art is like, is like branding is like my own personal brand of illustration and like, getting, right. like really working through like the things that I'm interested in, in life and stuff like through those pieces. And like, like I right. said, seeing them all the way through to the end and inking them and coloring them and putting my name on it. And, and um, you know, just working, you know, cranking out a million backgrounds every week. And then like, then they aren't even, they don't even become anything for like such a long time. And you know, it's like, it takes right. like six months for it to be like on TV and you can't really share it. And like, it's like the whole, there's a lot of weird things, there's a lot of great things yeah. about working in the industry. And then there's a lot of things that are just like, just really odd and, and different from if you're just out there doing your thing as a, as a, as a self-employed artist, you know? Yeah, Definitely. But yeah, so that was my kind of thing on storyboarding is it was definitely interesting and fun, but not not what I naturally love to do. Like, you know, I, I really, really want to get in there and, and push it, you know, a lot harder than I can in a, in a storyboard. You know, I'm, more, I'm, I'm interested in the storytelling, but I'm more interested in the visual in in the visual stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, me too, man. I like just uh, like working on a drawing till I'm like can't believe what's happening on the page in front of me. Right. You know, that's that's yeah, that to me is the about, love. Like, that's the love. It's but yeah, the ex- exploration and a discovery while you're drawing. I do the same thing when I draw on my own. You know, like it's like I usually don't know what I'm about to draw until yeah. I draw it, and then I'm like, oh, cool! Like I I found something new. That's so you know, cool. and a good drawing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and working for a TV show, there's a time constraints that definitely limit that sort of exploration. Right. Right. What was your favorite yeah. thing about working on the show? Um, I don't, I mean, I guess, you know, like I like the, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I like the show. I mean, through the whole, I liked what we were making and I really liked you know, like the stories were always interesting and and weird and not and kind of like challenging a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, like like I just I just I like what we made and it felt like even through the tough times, uh, in my head it was like, you know, I get to work on this thing that's challenging everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like the uh very kind of like thought provoking and free and kind of like not beholden to like, like even though there was a lot of work spent on story and story structure, there was a lot of work also spent on like breaking that structure and rearranging it and experimenting and doing different things. And I, I just, I guess I like the spirit of the show. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the people we got to work with were awesome. Um, uh, and then, you know, like I probably, my favorite time was just being a designer and, Yeah, and just, cutting loose and like being like, Oh, here's the, uh, 
This is the first time we're visiting the Flame Kingdom. Why don't you draw a, a two dozen Flame characters? Yeah, you know, like and and so just kind of riffing on an idea. Yeah, is kind of like something I'm. I you know I I get really into. Yeah, how do if if it's if it stayed at that initial point where there was like a lot of flexibility, a lot of creativity in the design aspect and you just stayed as a designer, do you think you could have like sustained that longer and had more fun doing that? Um, I probably, but I think I still would have gotten burnt out after a few years, you know, like, like working on Adventure Time was the longest period of time I've ever worked on anything. Right. No, totally. And and except for maybe a personal comic or something like that. And, uh, and I jumped around from job to job a lot, so I think I would have gotten bored at some point with design. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or or just been like, I want to do something. You know, like it's like what you're talking about, like uh, your personal preferences kind of take you in a different direction. Yeah, you know, like, uh, and it's it is kind of about the exploration of line and shape and stuff like that for me too, and. Uh, you know, like, it's funny how, like, like there are shows that have tried to get me to, to work, uh, people have tried to get me to work on it, and I'm just like, it's like, I don't like the way it's drawn so much that I'm like, I can't, I can't even do this, sh- like, I, it's, there's nothing wrong with the show, it's just the choice, the line choices they've made are so, uh, like, offensive to my sensibilities that I'm like, <laughs> I can't, I can't do this, you know, like, like yeah. I would just be, like, I know like I would just be miserable the whole time working on this. Yeah. Uh, and like Adventure Time didn't do that at all. Right. Luckily. Yeah. But. Uh, and now when you were <clears throat> when you were living in San Francisco, weren't you part of some kind of art collective where you guys like revenue shared and stuff? Is that right? Um. Well, I don't know about that, but we. I. I had a. Uh, the last few years I lived in San Francisco, I shared a studio with a few people. Okay. And uh, did you did you ever see that or? No, I just remember like you talking about it, and and for some reason oh, yeah. I had it in my mind that you were working on you you and some people would take on projects and kind of share the money or something. Yeah, you know, we would share like if someone got a we all kind of we rented this room from this uh, from this video game company, and so we all had our, our computers set up set up in this one room, and like one one person got a job they couldn't do, they would give it to somebody else in the room, or if somebody needed help on a job we would all kind of team up and help each other out on yeah. jobs and stuff like that. And that's kind of where it was rad, man. I loved having a, uh, a studio, a shared studio space with other people, you know, cause then you can get to leave your house yeah. and go somewhere. But then even if you don't have anything to work on, you go there, work on your own stuff. There's people there to talk to and, yeah. and hang out with. And it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. I'm always envious of people that can work around other people. I can like ink or yeah. color. I can ink or color, yeah. but I can't like conceptualize and draw right. like pencil and stuff like that. I'm just so distractible that I can't get in that right. deep, deep, de- that deep dive zone, you know? Sure, sure. But yeah, I was always, uh, you know, I've uh, just being on the show. uh, It's funny that you said you were intimidated because I remember I was always just in awe of like how easily you can just sit down and draw something and Tommy can just sit down and draw something like you guys can just bang out 
these yeah. awesome drawings and I'm just like, fuck man. Like I just can't do it like that. And you know, and then I would just be like, Oh, I can't be jealous of my like creative friends. Like I just have to be inspired by this shit. And so I flipped it that way and just like, you know, was able to do that with it. But I remember I would just be like, God damn, these guys are so fucking good. Oh man. Well, I don't know. I feel like you're right there with us. man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just my process. Yeah. It's just my process. I have to like yeah. hide away and erase a bunch. Right. It's right. weird. I That's just have, rad though. Yeah. Like digging at the drawing. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it doesn't come easy. I definitely, I can get real lucky maybe and sit down and, and do it. But I also don't like, I don't know. It's just, I think I just have a really weird approach to drawing. I think I just have to like, just sit there and, and I don't have any kind of, I don't know. It's weird. Like I, sometimes when I see people start to sit down and draw, I see like they have an approach and like sort of a formula. And I guess I must too, but it's just starts so raw and rough and it takes a little bit of time. I have to like, I have to look at it and kind of see things happening. Like, uh, it's almost like I don't, it's like I'm not drawing, but I'm like mark making right. and then seeing stuff. And like my mind is kind of melding with the paper. And then it's kind of telling me what I, it's part of partly seeing it and then partly telling me what wants to come out. And then I can kind of right. start to get there. But it's usually a, it's a labor intensive process. Yeah. You're, you're conjuring. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I don't think it's that different than what I do. Yeah. It's from the sound of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, drawing's the best. Yeah, I love those. Uh, I love those drawing videos that you post up drawing oh, with thanks, Andy. Man. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I, I started those uh, like October last year, and yep. I'm trying to do two a week. And yep. uh, I'm actually working on one while we're talking. Oh, nice, so, awesome! Uh, You're filming. It'll it? probably be yeah. I'm drawing it. It's probably going to be drawing with Andy forty five. Sick. Uh, but uh. I'll give you a shout out when I post the video. Nice. And then, <laughs> uh, and then these are now part of your new Kickstarter page, right? Or, uh, or, yeah, uh, or Patreon, Patreon page. Yeah. 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 Well, I just kind of like, I, you know, part of me leaving Adventure Time trying to figure out who I am artistically again is uh, probably started doing these videos because I was like, I don't know. I just, you know, like after working on uh, something, for a long time and having to like, oh, this, you have to draw this now. And then you have to draw this now. And, and so I just wanted to do drawings that uh, I didn't have to think about. So I just started doodling and doing these drawings. And, you know, I just, as kind of a way to relax where I would have no plan. Uh, and then I don't know why I decided to start filming them, but I thought, oh, this would be cool. It's something I, I'm doing these drawings anyway. So if I film them, it's something I can like, do regularly and post and who knows like maybe at some point it might get popular but I, you know that's not the reason i'm doing it yeah and uh yeah and then i uh last week i launched a patreon uh to kind of like see if i could drum up any support for the stuff i'm doing for this stuff and then i want to if the patreon does good i want to try to start drawing more comics again and like share kind of like like the process of of making comics and drawings yeah. and mm-hmm. and kind of at some point i want to start doing tutorial uh videos too where i talk about my theories mm. about stuff but i'm still that's for i'm still kind of figuring out what what my theories are so yeah 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 uh, and then <laughs> and then doing those videos are going to be a lot more labor intensive so uh because it's not just me filming and drawing you know it's like editing and talking and right uh 
and actually having something that's conceptually sound. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's something I want to do in the future too. Oh, that's really cool, man. I think that would be a lot of fun and that people would definitely be really interested in checking that out. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So what else are you doing, uh, as far as, uh, drawing projects these days, you got any other stuff that you're, uh, doing or thinking about or. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Well, I'm doing a lot of like freelance design for a lot of pilots that mm-hmm. I can't talk about. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's what I'm doing for work. And then, uh, yeah, and I'm doing these drawing vi- This is character stuff, background character, stuff, yeah, char- character okay. design okay. stuff. And, uh, and then, uh, I'm, I, probably in the next week or two, I'm going to try to, um, like I just, I, I kind of just got out of the hump. I redesigned my website and then I launched this Patreon. And now the next step is I'm going to try and find a book agent and I want to get into, uh, doing children's books, I mm-hmm. think, because mm-hmm. that seems like a, it's like a mellower, it's mellower than animation. And it's kind of like what you were talking about where like, you know, like I love doing like completed drawings and really nice drawings and really detailed drawings yeah and so this seems like a thing i could do if i can get an agent and i have a few ideas for children's books already yeah um and i pitch them around and then i could just do like uh, like sweet detailed drawings you know and uh and uh yeah do it for kids so you know have it be like kind of really surreal stuff but uh but you know, kids like that kind of thing. So yeah, no, I think that could be a very. I would love to see that. I think that'd be a very yeah. interesting uh, fit to see where you would take it. Because, I mean, you do. You know, with your comics, you get into, you get into some kind of like uh, you know adult themes, but it's always in this kind of like accessible, innocent way. I feel like I feel like you yeah. never you never go too dark with your stuff. So I feel like you could definitely yeah. translate that into children's book stuff. Definitely. Definitely. And then, you know, I also have a bunch of comic books that I'm in the middle of uh, either writing or drawing. And all that stuff is like I've been kind of working on on the side during Adventure Time. And uh, it all kind of has been put on hold because of burnout and stuff like that. But at some point, I want to get back to that. Yeah. Uh, and and when did you stop working on Adventure Time? You said you worked on the last season. Yeah. So, um know how long ago that was but it might have been like i think i stopped um i don't know it might have been last summer okay uh like last uh june or something like that was when i ended Uh uh-huh so it's almost been a year yeah you know which is kind of crazy to think about. And they still haven't aired the last episodes. Like, right. Yeah. No, I did the backgrounds for the final yeah. four, like I think, well, the final the, four episodes, but then I think I did it some, a couple backgrounds for some backgrounds for some of the lead up episodes too. And that was yeah. all last winter. So yeah. Yeah, man. So it's like, they're really taking their time. Yeah. That's uh, what Jesse was things. saying. Yeah. Jesse was yeah. saying that there's been a lot of weird, like, programming choices that they've made that he feels like were kind of detrimental to the flow of the show. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I don't understand. I'm sure they have some crazy reason or strategy behind it, but yeah. I, I definitely don't understand it. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, it's kind of neat that it's not, it's kind of like, you know, like the, the, uh, rap party was supposed to be the end of it, but it's kind of neat that it's not over yet. Right. <laughs> 
Do you think do you think there'll ever be like a uh, another act for Adventure Time, like some kind of reprise oh, de- or special? Definitely. Or yeah, you think so? Definitely, yeah. That'd yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I don't think I I think even if it's just like you know five or six years from now they reboot it, you know I don't think the show is popular enough that it's going to come back at some point. Yeah, I can't believe, I mean, coming on in the beginning, and I mean, you weren't there for the first season, but, you know, it seemed uh, so improbable that it would, right. you know, the, just no idea that it would turn into, you know, what it did and, and, and go for so long, because, you know, when I came on, I had just been fired, and then I watched, like, everybody on the show get fired, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like, this is like, this right. is the craziest place, like, I was like... Right. You know, I I, uh, I I had I really didn't have any idea how the sausage was made, and then I was thrown into like the ultimate, you know, just like trial by fire, yeah. and, like yeah. all these just seeing like the rockiest possible scenarios play out on two different shows. But luckily, because Penn would be like every week, he'd be like, "Fuck, I mean, I'm gonna quit. This is fucking bullshit. I hate this shit." You know, because Penn yeah. again, Penn had a lot of. Penn never really enjoyed running the show. I mean, I'm sure right. he had good times doing it, but you know, we know that he stopped working on the show a couple of years ago, uh, and uh, you know, and and when he was doing it, just never enjoyed the kind of like all the meetings and managerial yeah. stuff. I mean, I don't want to yeah. put words in his mouth, but you know, just based on convos we had had and stuff like that. Yeah, I would love to get Penn on the pod, but I have a feeling yeah. that he would be reluctant to do it. <laughs> I don't know. You should ask him. I mean, I, he's pretty. Yeah, I know he went. Him and Jesse went on Duncan Trussell's podcast. Yeah. and then I think he said he didn't want to ever do a podcast uh, again or something like that. Okay, <laughs> but they were great. Uh, well, they were totally yeah, great. Yeah, they were awesome. You yeah. should definitely ask him. Yeah, you know, if he says no, oh well. No, no, I'm but, definitely uh, gonna. I'm definitely gonna try. I'm. I'm used to. I always try. You know, I'm always inviting everybody out to camp. Yeah, I get a lot of no's. I just keep asking. I just keep. Asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, <laughs> eventually they'll all visit ghost camp. Yeah, I feel like the uh, more you bug someone to do something with like good reason, yeah. like the more yeah. the pressure's on them, like to yeah. just do it. You know, definitely. What I'll definitely make it out there eventually. Um, I'm not sure exactly when, but yeah. what time of year do they usually do the ghost camp? Usually, it's the month of August. Um, okay. last, last year and this year, it's been uh, the second half of July. It's about three, okay. three weeks. It's this will this this year will be July 13th through August 1st. Okay. And this will be year seven, uh, incredibly. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. This will be our seventh year here, which is insanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Wolfie was uh, like 10 months old when we left, and he's he's wow. six now. So he's going to be turning seven this July. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. I never would have thought that I would have worked for Cartoon Network, lived in L.A., got married in L.A., had my kid in L.A. <laughs> <It's> never, <laughs> and I don't know if you experienced this too, but you know, we were both yeah. we both grew up in the East Coast. We're both from Massachusetts, yeah. and uh, I don't know. There's like a stigma around L.A. Like only like Definitely. stupid, superficial people would go to L.A. Like if someone right. was going to L.A., you'd be like, <laughs> that person is a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like ourselves. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) These poor lost souls. Yeah, yeah, man. 
Yeah, no, but I found, you know, I found I really enjoyed my time in L.A. I yeah. really had a blast there. You know, I was, uh, you know, never, like I said, never intended to stay, but just really, you know, yeah. be, being, a, being a person that is, you know, really puts a lot of stock in positivity and yeah. having high morale and, and being productive and stuff. I was just like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to ball out and have fun. And obviously making a lot of money makes that cool too, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, being, being able to do fun stuff and, and not worry about, you know, spending money and stuff like that. And, in a, in a city like that can, uh, can definitely, you know, lead to a lot of fun situations. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, and it's kind of in the, in a, especially in the animation industry, there's lots of like, most of the people I've met have been like super kind and yeah. really interesting. And, you know, like, like a lot of good people in the animation industry. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, yeah. So many people, uh, that, that worked on the show and worked for other shows. Yeah. I really count among the people that really inspire me and, and yeah. uh, that I love to talk to and that, you know, I'm always, uh, I'm always checking out and, and yeah, definitely. I think it's, you know, one of the things we talk about so much on the podcast and just with, you know, Ghost Scouts and now my workshop and stuff is how important it is to have a creative community. You know, I think yeah. as a, you know, I find that a lot of people, when they join the workshop and stuff like that, or some people that come to Ghost Scout training camp, they say like wherever they come from, you know, it's the Midwest or you know wherever another country, a lot of a lot of internationals, you know, they're like, yeah, like I'm only person in my group of friends who like draws and it's like wow right. that's wild i mean even growing up i always had friends that were i always was friends with people that were like at least as serious as i was about drawing you know i guess i right. maybe i was lucky like that what was it like growing up with you did you have friends that were you were like drawing with and shit like in in middle school and high school yeah i had uh i think i i had you know, like elementary school, a lot of kids like to hang out and draw, yeah. but then like that all felt, kind of fell away. And I hang out with a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of like, I guess I, I would call them kind of like math stoners. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I'd hang out, we'd watch movies or they'd play video games and I just hang out and draw. So, yeah. okay. so it was kind of like, it was socially acceptable for me to draw because that's how they would always known me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I would just come hang out. I would be a part of the conversation, but I would just be drawing. Right, right, you know? yeah. Or, yeah. Um, and I knew I knew some artists, but uh, it wasn't until later that, uh, you know, coming back from college, I find I I hang out with more artists from my hometown afterwards. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. funny. That made me just remember that I actually used to do that quite a bit too. I guess it's because I wasn't as you know as uh, doing as complicated work as I as I do now. But you know, back in the day, I would actually just sit in the in the room with people and be just busting out drawings and shit. Yeah. And uh, although I think I was doing a lot of inking and stuff during those times too, like I would I'd probably draw a lot of it at night at my house, and then I'd like ink it, bring it along, and like ink right. it. Right. And yeah, we would just smoke endless weed. I used to be. I used to have this thing called the green kit. I used to be like the weed, like like the the dude who had like all the supplies. I used to carry in high school. I used to carry a bong in my backpack, <laughs> like this little like I actually got it in San Francisco. It was mm -hmm. a little graphics kung fu grip, uh, you know, classic bong. And uh, I remember one time I got super stoned and and threw it back in there with the water in it, and my sketchbook yeah. was in there, and I had like a bong water like blurred out sketchbook going yeah. on. Yeah. But I had this nice. little thing called the green kit, which was like this little like 
one of those like little mead five star like little like zip pouches that you'd keep pens and stuff in but i would keep like i would keep like some blunts in there the papers i had like a little bowl in there i had like a razor blade to like split the blunts and like i had this whole kit we'd have like everything that we need to smoke and uh because I would, I would also like sell weed to all my friends uh, every day uh, in school. So I would have all the supplies and the weed and shit. Nice. We would all just, there would always be like, yeah, six, seven of us. And we'd all be hanging out at somebody's house after school. And I'd be drawing and we'd be all be smoking. And, and uh, right. you know, my buddy Luke, he'd be drawing. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so much fun, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I, in high school, I didn't, I was pretty straight edge in high school, but everyone I hang out with the stoners, you know, and we'd go over to somebody's house and they'd put on like a record and, uh, they all get stoned. Yeah. And zone out. And I just hang out and draw. That's so and probably, funny. You're just like, probably get just, a little, uh, let's just listen to music and stare at the wall. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. when did you start smoke? Like, when did you, do you smoke when you draw? Like, is it part of your creative no, process? I, I don't, I had a year and a half where I, I smoked yeah. and, uh, it just didn't, it first, it was really awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I used to do that. It's like, if you look at the, the second issue of the babysitter uh-huh. and I think the sixth issue of life of a fetus uh-huh. are, I was stoned for okay. those two issues. Okay. And you can tell when you look at them, are they uh, like those like super complex, like character scenes and shit? They're nuts. Yeah. They're, but they're like, kind of like, it was kind of like I was figuring it out while yeah. I was doing it. Yeah. So, so they're very wonky too. Yeah. Okay. And like all the word balloons are like, like in three dimensions, everything became very dimensional. Yeah. Um, but I kind of rapidly became like very paranoid and very like, crazy really? on it yeah. and uh yeah so i stopped doing it what did it make and, you uh, what did it make you feel paranoid about just like introspective shit everything every, i don't know well look, basically like uh near the end of when i stopped smoking i was like hearing voices and hallucinating all the time and really like yeah like it got really bad wow uh, so yeah it might actually have like some kind of negative chemical weird, interaction weird in yeah or like i have like latent schizophrenia or something like that i don't i don't know <laughs> but uh but it took me a long time to recover yeah and, uh, wow and it definitely changed the way i draw like i don't think i could be drawing at the level i'm at yeah probably without that step wow but you know like i think internally i knew i probably shouldn't be doing it because i was already kind of like I'm already a weirdo. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and, uh, but at some point I was always so enamored with that scene and the culture and everything. Yeah. So at some point I knew I had to try it. Right. Uh, so you and, don't uh, smoke at all now or you smoke? No, I, no, I don't, I don't smoke at all. You know, like wow. I, uh, maybe drink every once in a while, but, uh, for right. the most part I'm pretty, uh, yeah, it's all, uh, no, no, uh, Substance involved. Wow, just a responsible, clean living adult man. Ah, well, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, definitely. Everyone thinks I smoke, though. So. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's happened my entire life. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I assume. <laughs> I always assume. I guess because I'm just such a stoner. Like I smoke yeah. every day. So like, uh, yeah. you know, I assume that anybody that has like ill visual skills, like, is out there fucking smoking and drawing too. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, I get to. I got when I was smoking, I would get to the point where like I would be drawing stuff, and then I'd see, you know, like I'd be working on my comics, and then things would happen in life that were related to the comics, and then I was like, am I controlling the oh, universe? Oh, dude, you were going, you were going full Brian Wilson on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're yeah. like, burn the pet sounds tapes, burn the yeah, studio. Yeah, look, look at uh, Brian Wilson and like Sid Barrett yeah. are like two keystones where I'm like, I'm like, man, like I feel like I went through kind of something similar to them, yeah. you know? And like, but for that year and a half, I was doing like, you know, I was, I was doing mushrooms and acid and right. smoking pot and hash and, right. you know, oh, okay. kind of well, yeah, like that, really those, the, the hallucinogenic drugs. Was, yeah. That, that might yeah, have I had more got, an impact on all that than the, than yeah, the I know. Weed. Yeah. So it might not have just been fun, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I'd say so. <laughs> now, now the facts come out. You're like, I was yeah. mega do- heroic dosing on acid every day as well. <laughs> like now the hallucinations and the voices make a lot more sense. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. So that's funny. Yeah, so I don't you know had why. Like, I so you had like a com- you had like a compact like year and a yeah. half where you just like experimented with like every drug, everything. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I didn't do like heroin or anything like right. that, but. Uh, you and know, this like was all in the, San Francisco, I'm assuming. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah. this is in San Francisco, yeah. and I was like, I was like living with a bunch of ravers. Wow, and, uh, it was it was crazy. Wow. Uh, I uh, made me uh, by the end of it. I anytime I heard like drum and bass, I wanted to strangle someone. Wow, that's insane. <laughs> that's crazy. So, what did you think of acid and mushrooms? Um, I really like mushrooms. Mushrooms is awesome. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I probably won't ever do them again, but I every time I had an awesome trip. Acid, I had a nightmare trip every time I did it. Really? But I, for some reason, I kept doing it. How many uh, times did you do that? I don't know. Maybe five times. Wow. So, you had a you bad know. trip every time. Yeah. Wow. But I didn't, I didn't understand it. Right. You know? Like and you like, tried to like, fight it and you tried to like reverse it or what? Something. like. And the last time I did it was like my goodbye to the drug. Uh-huh. So that – trip was okay mm-hmm. it still wasn't great but it yeah. was like a like a all right let's do this one more time and then i can be done with you yeah like it was kind of like me trying to wrap up all the stuff that happened in the other trips right and then uh um the uh but one trip i tried drawing while on acid and uh-huh. it felt like there was like this demon holding my hand oh my and forcing God. my hand to draw. Oh my and it's God. Like, I, I couldn't, I didn't draw for like two months after that trip. Cause I was, I was like, I was like, I want to be in control of my drawings. But I drew, if you look at the cover of, uh, I think, uh, it's either, I think it's life of fetus six. Uh-huh. That was drawn while on acid. Wow. And, uh, it's, yeah, and I, I, when I look at it, I can still see it, you know. Wow. But that was like drawn by some demon possessing my hand. Wow, that's uh, amazing, was, man. That's spooky. Yeah, that's spooky. It was terrifying. <laughs> no, it was utterly terrifying because I was like watching my hand move and not like, like being, but feeling completely disconnected from my hand. Right. And uh, yeah, it really messed me up for a long time. Wow. And where do you think that strong of an idea came from? Is that like something that you think of? Like, did you grow up going to church and like, that's something that uh, you were thinking of as a kid and stuff? Like, where did I that mean, come I from? I definitely, I mean, I grew up in a, a Catholic household uh-huh. and had to go to church every week okay. and I hated it. Yeah. But, uh, 
you know, and that stuff, although the sermons were always terrifying and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, I, uh, but I don't know where that, uh, the idea of like being controlled came from, yeah. you know, like, I, you know, when you're drawing and you draw something and you're surprised by it, you know, there's definitely part of me that wonders like, what am I channeling something? Or, right. You know, but, uh, but there's always been a very rational part of my brain that always keeps that stuff in line. Right. Uh, um, yeah, but I'm I always guess. on the edge of like I always try to live in between like the yeah. irrationality and rationality. Like I don't, I never want to like commit to either one. Like I like to just try to always straddle that line. I feel like that's where the magic is in life. Yeah, as yeah, a creative it's person. like you, you just don't want to define it. Yeah, you know, like, and uh, yeah, I don't know what brought me there, but yeah, it was it was a bad trip. Wow. Yeah, I was lucky. I never had a bad trip. I've I don't know a lot of people yeah. that have had bad trips and just describing them as just, you know, right. like night well, totally nightmarish. I think I think the big difference is every time I did mushrooms, I mean, I was out in nature when I did them. Right. And every time I did acid, I was in the like the city. Right. Yeah, most and of the I time, feel like yeah, yeah. I feel like that makes a huge difference. I like think it even like does. in someone's apartment right. in yeah. the city, you know, like in this enclosed space. Yeah. That's like a trap. Yeah. You know, because I get I get very claustrophobic. Yeah. And, uh, and so like being around nature, it's like there's all this magical stuff happening around you no matter what. Yeah, I think that's where the I think it makes you feel very well. I mean, again, I'm biased because I grew up in the woods, yeah. but like and I, I've taken most of my hallucinogenics in the forest and stuff and. And I feel like, yeah, it makes you just, it, for me, it instantly makes me realize, oh my God, all this shit is alive and I'm part of this system. And like, this is where, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And you can just like, you can even feel right. the, the plants communicating with you on this right. other level. And like, yeah, and like you're breathing and they're breathing and you're all just in this ether together and you're all like underwater in the atmosphere together. And like, you know, all this stuff. I mean, I even remember looking up one time in the woods and I was having this visual that like j just the tops, like I was underwater and just the tops of the trees were poking above the surface of the water. Like I was standing right. on the bottom of a lake or something. Whoa. Whoa. It was like such a cool like visual, yeah. like, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's really what it kind of feels like. And, and yeah, you know, I, I think always, you know, like, like the night we graduated high school, we all went out in the woods and fucking tripped out together. And we used to, that's, that's how we always used to do it. I mean, I probably did it a dozen times, uh, like heavy, heavy ass. Yeah. And we'd stay up all night and go out in the woods and yeah, you'd always just want to get out into the woods. I mean, I feel like that's yeah. a crucial part of it. I've tripped in the city as well. And actually, yeah, the, the last time I tripped in the city was the last time I took acid and it did get, I didn't lose my shit, but my buddy did. And like, it pushed yeah. me to the limit where I was like, I was like, I don't know what reality is anymore. Right. And like this is this is getting a little dangerous. Like it was definitely yeah. like that was the cautionary thing for me. And I was like, okay, I think I'm like, I think I'm done with acid. Like I'll still do mushrooms, but I was like, I think I've like gotten everything I want to get out of acid. I think I'm pretty lucky with my experiences with it. Yeah. Because it is very powerful. It can like really, I mean, it flips you inside out and anything, Definitely. anything in your mind that's going to turn on you is going to come out, you know, like, you right. can, you know, you got to, you got to have your, you got to just be, you got to be, whatever happens, you got to go with the flow. You just got to let it happen. And then just right. like, I don't know. But I always felt like I was even like hyper lucid. I felt like. 
because some people have a real disconnection from reality, and I guess I've experienced that, but I almost feel like when I'm on these hallucinogenic drugs, I'm like super sober. Like I'm even more right. sober than I've ever been in my life. Like it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever experienced that sensation? Um, I don't know. I don't. Okay. It's all fuzzy. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to get some mushroom sessions going on out in the woods out here. I haven't, I haven't done it since I've become a parent and stuff, and never right. on, never on my property. So I want to, uh, I want to get some of that going. I just haven't found them around. So. Yeah. Gonna grow them. That's right. Well, yeah. Well, the weed's legal in July here, recreational. Oh, nice. So we'll get to start growing weed, and yeah, it's definitely a huge. Uh, gonna make my life, uh, you know, really complete. Yeah. <laughs> to have a nice greenhouse full of weed there. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the right Grow place for it. Goat, some Ghost Scout brand. That's right. Ghost Scout Greens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Sweet. Well, uh, we got an hour and 20 in the bank here, and uh, nice. got a, the alarm's about to go off. I'm going to have to jump up and get my son from the bus stop. Okay, no so we'll, problem. We'll wrap it up here. Um, so uh, where can people check out what you're doing? What's the Patreon and the website and the Soch? All right. So uh, the website is andyristino.com, uh, and that's R-I-S-T-A-I-N-O, Ristino. Uh, and then Patreon is patreon.com backslash andyristino. Um, and then on everything else, I'm scronked, which was, I guess – my old handle, which is, it's like a sound effect, like, like sound like a piano hitting you in the head. Scronked. <laughs> uh, and it's, and that's S K R O N K E D. So on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Tumblr, I'm scronked. Nice. Uh, but if you just go to my website, you can find links to everything else. Sweet. Very yes. handy and sensible. Oh Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, we'll click off here, and uh, then we'll just say bye on the other side. You can say bye to the listeners. All right. Bye, listeners. Uh, thanks for listening. All right. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. No doubt. All right. And that is how we do it. What? This is how we do it on the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast. What? I wish I was friends with Montel Jordan so I could get the homie up on this pod that would be insanity if anybody knows montel jordan and he's looking for he has an opening slot for friendships get me in there you know what i'm saying hit me up um big thanks to andy ristino for jumping up on the podcast and tearing it up with me we had a very fun time uh catching up and uh, reconnecting always good to um, get in touch with your friends that you've done really cool, special things within your life. That's the one of the things that makes life so meaningful and fulfilling, everybody. And I hope everybody has been having a good week. Um, we came last with the we came late with the last episode of the podcast because the Bandit family was sick. So I thought we'd jump right back in and come a little early with this podcast for your face, um, so that everybody could stay hyped, stay inspired, um, coming at you uh, a few days earlier than usual. Happy Valentine's Day for all the uh, Patreon listeners who are getting this early access. Uh, go treat yourself and your loved ones and your special person in your life uh have a fun time treat yourself um 
let's see uh go hit that patreon page go hit uh, ghostroomglobal.com apply to ghost scout training camp year seven um hit up the shop you know what i'm saying buy yourself an original draw teria drawing um uh you know what i'm saying get yourself a beehive boy poster get yourself a shiva poster oh get a load of this rumor has it that i will be doing a companion piece to the shiva poster <gasps> Oh my God, another project brewing. I got projects on deck that are dope as fuck. I hope everybody is psyched about it. The raw rolling tray, I'm almost done inking it. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's looking super fucking dope. And I'll be wrapping that up before too long. Hopefully by the next time uh, you hear the podcast, that will be almost done being colored, if not finished um what else uh make sure you're setting some goals for yourself this week um you know think about those habits those routines those things you do on a daily basis are they getting you closer to your goals or are they kind of you just treading water there um make sure that you are staying motivated staying productive and moving a little bit closer each week to having that best life full of the things that interest you most because trust me, that's the way to do it. That's what life is all a fucking about. That's what this podcast is all about. Secret trying, Secretly trying to brainwash you to fulfill your destiny, to become uh, a happy, productive, fulfilled person um, on this planet because I think that's we're all better off that way. The more happy people we have, the more fulfilled people we have, the more community-minded people we have, um, you know what I'm saying? Maybe everyone on this planet actually uh, has the potential to live an amazing, fulfilling, creative lifestyle. Because after all, aren't we just creative animals in an infinite universe? I think I've heard somebody say that somewhere before. Oh, shit, I say that every time on the motherfucking Goes Your Big Friends podcast. And that's why you listen. Um, big shout out to you, the listener, the subscriber to this podcast. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast right fucking now. Get out your cell phone. Call your friends. Tell them to subscribe to this podcast. Who would appreciate it in your life? Who needs a little fucking pep in their step? Um, that's about it. I posted up uh, the information about the Ghost Scout Summit. Um, in the private Ghost Scout page. So all the Ghost Scouts, check it out. Um, it's an open week every year where all the Ghost Scouts are invited to come and revel in the glory of our fucking Scout life, where we celebrate being, where we celebrate being Ghost Scouts um, and do all kind of scouty things in the woods. So if you are a Ghost Scout, make your plans now to attend the Ghost Scout Summit. Uh, and if you want to be a Ghost Scout, again, uh, camp is going to be July 13th through August 1st. So do not sleep on your opportunity to live forever. Uh, and then as usual, as you're out there in the world pursuing your creative destiny, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you're trying to big up the people around you. Make sure you're trying to inspire the people around you, uh, leading by example. And when you come into people, when you come into communication and interaction with people who are, you know, who are bringing the drama, who are bringing the conflict, you know what I'm saying? Don't fight back. 
Um, just be yourself. Just try to give them a little bit of inspiration to live on. And if they don't want to hear it, you know what I'm saying, whatever. But don't engage in the drama. Don't engage in the conflict because that's just infecting your sphere. You don't want none of that shit. That's like them taking a shit in your fucking pants. You don't want that. You don't need that. You know what I'm saying? You can do whatever you want to do with your pants and no one else can tell you otherwise. Um, So until next week, please fucking be cool and have a great time. See you then. Hear you then. Bye.